This is the 200 Churches Podcast. This podcast was created to provide resources and encouragement to leaders of small churches. Our mission is to encourage and equip leaders of the 94% of congregations in America under 500 members. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. I'm here today with Jeff Cady, um, and I am Johnny Craig. And Jeff, this week, uh, you wrote a blog for the site on Monday, and it was about balancing your family life with your ministry life and, and just being able to manage your time and, and manage your emotional health and, you know, just uh, just all the aspects that go into balancing out your life as a pastor, as a minister, um, and, you know, as somebody who lives relatively close to the church. 40, um, 40 feet. 40 feet away. As, and so what, is, what are some of the things that you, you had for well, us on it, Monday? Uh, in the post that I wrote, I shared four thoughts, four thoughts on balancing your family and ministry life. Today we want to talk about our, our personal lives as well. Okay. I mean, me as a person, and then our family and our ministry life. And uh, just very quickly, just to review, if you if you didn't read the four thoughts that I, that I wrote about, number one was for us to realize where our ministry power comes from. And that's just a kind of an obvious one. When we get out of balance, it's because we think that we're invincible or that we're absolutely necessary. And neither is really true. Right. Because God is the one that's doing it. Right. And the second thing I talked about was to recognize that each day has only 24 hours. So, you know, I don't, I think we all laugh when I, when I said, yeah, figure eight hours for sleep. Right, right, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know how many pastors actually sleep eight hours. I'm sure only the good ones. The best ones, I'm sure do. The holy ones yes. sleep eight hours every night. <laughs> if you're out there and you sleep eight hours a night, turn this off. You, you have got it figured it. out. You have it figured Absolutely. out. Absolutely. And so uh, you've got eight hours of sleep. Let's say you work a nine hour day. Throw in your lunch hour and you only got eight hours. You're gone nine hours. That gives you like seven hours left in the day to take a shower, to get dressed, to eat, you know, all these other things. Answer the phone for telemarketers. And you got to have, we just have to remember that each day has only 24 hours. And unlike money that we can always get more of, we can't get another day. Can't get more time. And, you know, we say some obvious things here on the podcast, and this seems like one of them, but sometimes the most obvious things are the things we need to hear the most. They are. I mean, when when I read your blog and it said, you know, you only have seven hours a day with your family, I mean, that hit me. Like, wow, really? If I'm not counting sleep time, yeah, yeah that's right. I do only have those seven hours. And uh, that that's crazy. And that actually led into your third point, which was, your kids are at home for only 18 years. 18 years. I mean, right. unless you're lucky and they stick around longer. That's right. But mostly, you know, we, we try to shoot for 18 years. And, you know, I have a two-and-a-half-year-old, and my wife is due any day now. And so thinking about, man, uh, I need to balance out my time because, it's, you, you know, you said ministry never ends, but the time your kids are at home does. Yeah, and it's thinking, a finite amount of time. That's exactly right. And just thinking, man, I need to... Always be making sure that my number one priority, my family, is being taken care of, and I'm, and I'm definitely making time for them. And then the last thing you said was pastors have to set the example. So people are looking to us for spiritual leadership, all sorts of leadership, and this is an area where we really can lead people with our example that we set. So that's I think, leads well into what we're going to talk about today yeah, on it, the podcast. Well, with, again, though, with pastors setting the example— 
I mean, how good? How can a pastor talk to a husband about being a workaholic when he's a workaholic? Right. You know, how can a pastor talk to another guy or or a pastor talk to uh, a family and say, "Hey, you know, your family. You know, this is how you could do better. This is how you could do better." If the pastor doesn't have it together, that's right. So we really do have to set the example when it comes to this area. And those are the four thoughts we talked about in the blog post. And we've got four more thoughts for today. Johnny, why don't you take the first one? Uh, the, the first one is that we need to communicate clear boundaries um, with the church and also with our spouse and families. When it, when it comes to our spouse and families, they should be able to know when you're going to go to work, when you're going to come home from work, right? And and everybody who's in the ministry knows that you have emergencies, you get those phone calls, um, right. you have situations arise. But in general, I think it's a great idea to set those schedules and set those boundaries with your family so that they know, hey, they can depend on dad or mom being home at such and such a time every day, every week. Right. And, and so, and with young pastors. It's just classic. They're all excited about their first ministry. You're all excited about your church. You're spending all kinds of time in there. And you begin to tell your your husband or wife that, you know, ministry is really important. You know, we're I'm really busy and I got a phone call at the last minute that I just had to take and you know, all these things and you tell them you're gonna be home at five and it's five oh five or it's five fifteen. I mean, these things just happen all the time. But but and sometimes they do happen, but oftentimes it's the pastor who just isn't being disciplined and isn't really sticking to their word. And what Jeff what Jeff has been kind enough not to tell everybody listening is that this happened to me already <laughs> recently and I got I'm gung-ho about what we're doing here at the church and my wife said, "Hey, you know, um it it seems like you you don't necessarily know when to draw the line between yeah. going to church and staying home and you know running back and forth and all this type of stuff and so this i mean this hits home for me and i think it hits home for everybody listening is that we need to we need to have those boundaries and then we need to set boundaries with the church so they should know what hours they can count on us being here mm-hmm. um they should know that we have a day off so on fridays jeff and i are not in the office nobody thinks that they can come find Jeff and I in the office on a Friday because we're just not going to be here. Mostly. <laughs> we're Mostly. not supposed to be here. We're not, that's Friday. exactly right. We're not supposed to be here. Another boundary we have to communicate is that we need lay involvement in our ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Because when I when I come to a church, and I've, this is only my, I don't know, third church that actually is my second church I've spent any considerable time at, I'm not the only minister here. I mean, I better. The people have to get involved. And and Johnny, you were talking about your dad when you were younger. Yeah. Now, describe the way that that uh, he was involved in his church. So my dad was a solo pastor of a, of a smaller church, smaller congregation, and he taught Sunday school, adult Sunday school. He led music. He chose and led music. He preached Sunday morning. He preached Sunday night. And on Wednesday nights, he started and led the um, the kids club, kind of like an Awana type club at our church. And so he did all of those things. And I don't remember many people helping yeah. <laughs> with with what was happening and, and back then. To be fair to your dad, back then that was considered noble. Sure, for a pastor. You know, the more you did, the better you were. The more you were worth, the more self-esteem you would have. Sure. But the truth is, then then your ministry is limited to your own gifts and your own abilities, and it's limited by your limitations and the things that you can't do. So 
Uh, Rick Warren likes to say that the pastors are the administers and the people are the ministers. I like that. So we're we're not the only minister in the church, and so communicating clear boundaries is to say, you know what, I'm not the only one doing ministry. I am here to equip you to do ministry. The last boundary before we get into the next point would be the expectations that the church can have of our wife and kids. And this is an important one, too, because, I mean, I explained everything my dad did. My mom played piano on Sunday mornings. She did all of the, you know, like making the scoreboards for the kids' club, like memory verse cards. She did all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. As much of a pastor as he was, she was unpaid staff at the church. And so it's a good idea, not just a good idea, it's a necessary idea to have a conversation with the leadership of your church about the expectations for your wife and kids. And, and Jeff was just joking around. He said, my kids don't know their pastor's kids. Yeah, they, they don't. I've never told them. I've never <laughs> yeah, told them. And I, I can vouch for that. As a pastor's kid, I can vouch for the fact that well, Jeff's what I kids don't know. Them, what I have told them is, is, you know what, if I tell them they need to do something or that we're going to do something, I say, every once in a while, I'll say, you know, you know, this isn't because I'm a pastor. You know, this is because we're not, we're the it's not because we're the pastor's family. It's right. because we're Christians. So if I were doing any other job, we would still do this because we're doing this for God, because we're Christians, not because I'm the pastor. And in terms of my wife, um, I look at my wife in terms of her involvement in our church the same as I would look at any other woman in our church. What are her gifts? What are her abilities? What is she? What ministry is she passionate about? And, and where does she really fit? Absolutely. So it's not like, well, every pastor's wife plays the piano. Right. Or, you know, every pastor's wife counsels the women. Right. Well, what if the pastor's wife isn't any good at counseling? Sure. Well, we shouldn't have her count. Now, my wife, that is one of the things that she would that she's good at, but there are a lot of things that she has no interest in and I've never I've never moved her in those directions. When I started seminary, my wife's number one fear was that she does not know how to play piano. So, God oh, bless bad pastor's wife. God bad. bless you in this church for not thrusting that expectation upon her. So, that's the first thought that of uh, four and the second one is uh that we need to respect life's rhythms. And again, we're talking about managing our personal lives, our church ministry life with our with our families and I would say respecting life's rhythms is about if you are a night person uh, don't put the expectation on yourself that you need to be at the office at seven o'clock every morning and don't let anybody else put that expectations on yourself either if God created you I I am a night owl personally that's the way I'm wired I've been that way all my life my daughter out of the womb was a night owl. <laughs> Um, two of my boys, they could pretty much go to bed at a decent time. They don't have to stay up late. Uh, but for me to insist that I be in the office at 6 or 7 a.m. just doesn't work for the rhythm of the way my body works. Right. And, um, you know, we were talking to a pastor, and he was saying he was on staff at a church where the expectation was you'd be in the office from 8 to 5. Right. And and if there was something going on at night that you were going to be involved in ministry-wise, that's great. You tack that right on top, but you don't. You don't take it off of the eight to five schedule. And, you know, I would say that church is not creating a culture where you can respect life's rhythms. And for solo pastors out there listening, you are the person that establishes your own schedule. And don't put that on yourself just because the last pastor was there at 7 Mm a.m., Bible open, doesn't mean that you have to be there at 7 a.m. every single day. And that pastor was hitting the the sack at about 9.30 at night. Yeah, that's right. You're still up burning the oil at 1 a.m. 
uh, along with respecting life's rhythms, is to is to see our time as hours, days, weeks, months, years. You know, a lot of the planning software, you know, every day has eight hours of work in it. You know, every week, seven days. Every month, you know, has so many days. And the truth is, one month is way different than the next. A week is different than the next. A day is different than the next. In our day, we're going to have more productive hours. We're going to have less productive hours. So as we're trying to manage ourselves and manage our workflow and manage our energy units at a church, uh, the truth is, if, you're, if you have planned for a really, really busy summer, You've got missions trips, you've got vacation Bible school, you've got uh, two weeks of grueling vacation, you know, scheduled in there. If, if you're planning that kind of a summer and then you're planning a really, really heavy fall and a very busy winter, I mean, at some point you have to have a season where you can retreat a little bit, right. rest a little bit. And the same in a day. If you've got three hours of, of real intense crisis management, I mean, that could be like an eight-hour day for some people. Sure. And to think they just have to push through the rest of the day, I mean, you just have to see the units of time uh, as different and not see them all the same and even see one unit different from the next, one hour different from the next, one day where you may put a lot more energy into and the next day where you've got to rest up a little bit. So respecting life's, life's rhythms. The next one, Johnny, the third thought. Um, the third thought we have is define reality and be honest with yourself. So I think this relates to um, respecting life's rhythms and what you were saying about recognizing, hey, are we busy now? Maybe we need to relax a little later you know, or take it easier. You need to be honest with yourself and we need to be honest with ourselves about where we are emotionally, about where we are spiritually, about our health. And it doesn't do anybody in your church any good for you to show up drained and try to push through as though you got a full tank. Right, right. And this is kind of like the, you know, the old oxygen mask illustration where you got to get yourself some oxygen or you're not going to be good for anybody. And sometimes we sometimes we ignore all the gauges on the dashboard. We just keep looking out through the windshield and we keep our foot on the gas and we're just going to power through it. And we are not being honest with ourselves as to where we are personally in, in our emotional energy, in our psychological soundness, in our physical energy. And there have been guys in their early 20s that literally burn out and they're good for nothing for weeks and months at a time because they ignore all of the, all of the dashboard uh, warning, warning signs. You know, the service engine soon light is flashing and they just keep looking out the windshield with this thing in fifth gear. And this is especially important for, for somebody who is a good faker. My yeah. wife, when she's hungry, she can't fake happiness. She <laughs> needs to eat. She needs to eat now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she's not going to pretend anything different. But, you know, some of us and some of us pastors, especially, we learn how to put on the brave face. And so even right. though we are just wiped out and we got nothing to give we're still going to get up hey sunday morning rolls around got to power through we got to power through and so you you need to sit back and just take stock and just we need to say hey where am i at where am i going do i have you know what i need and then i think that really goes into the next and final point we wanted to make which is about rest and retreat and and Jeff you said sharpening the saw what do you mean by that yeah sharpening the saw you know if you there's a verse somewhere in proverbs that said uh, something about an axe 
and it's easier to chop the tree down when the axe is sharp. I wish I could quote it because it's a great verse. <laughs> that sounds great, but I can't. But but the bottom line is, you know, you could you could stay at the tree and keep chopping and keep chopping and keep chopping and say, I'm not going to waste my time going back to the truck and sharpening this axe. I'm just, and, and if you just go and sharpen the axe, it'll take you a third of the time, a quarter of the time to chop the tree down. So sharpening the saw is uh, something that Stephen Covey talks about in the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Uh, and that's kind of a treat. This is kind of a treatment thought. You know, how are we going to help ourselves in personal development? How are we going to keep getting better? Because anything that is used over and over and over that isn't serviced is sooner or later going to either wear out or break. And it's the same with people. If you are used day after day after day after day and you're never serviced, you're never given rest, you're never uh, you're never treated for any issues or any problems, and you don't self-diagnose where you are. So maybe a good thing for you to do if you're listening to the podcast is, you know, Put it on pause in just a second and go in, go, go, go where there's a mirror and stand in front of the mirror and look yourself dead in the eye and say, how are you really doing? No, no, really, really. How are you doing? And then stand there and don't break the gaze until you answer yourself. Because uh, sometimes we just have to, again, the third thought was define reality. And then we have to say, okay, now that I've defined, defined reality, what do I need to do? How do I need to, number one, sharpen the saw in my life? How do I need to get better, take the time to service this piece of machinery that's called me? And then number two, how do I, what do I need to do for rest and retreat? You know, where do I need to go? How do I need to get away? Um, how much time do I need to just rest and retreat and rejuvenate myself? Yeah, I think those are, those are important questions no matter how long you've been in the ministry um, and really, no matter what level of ministry you're serving in right now, this is something to encourage the people around you, the leadership of your church to do as well. And that's what we talked about. Pastors set the example. If we can't be honest with ourselves about our emotional, physical, spiritual health, you know, where we are, how can we really expect those around us to be as well? So um, sharpening the saw is definitely an important part of this. The reason why all of these things that we've talked about today are so important, even more important now than they were 20 years ago, is the advance of technology. Everything is in our face right now. We've got anybody can contact us at any time. We've got information coming at us at record speeds and we just really need to balance our lives. And again, balance is kind of the wrong word. We're just using it for lack of a of a better word cuz you're never completely in balance. You're managing your life. But we need to manage those areas of our lives because uh, with the technology and the information that can come at us and the communication that we have to handle day after day that no previous generation, you know, before 20 years ago ever had to manage it's really important for us to balance. So we hope this has been helpful for you. We hope that you can take this along with the, the first blog this week. And then we'll be writing a, a, just a kind of a finishing blog on this same topic later this week. But we hope this is helpful for you to be able to just gauge where you are and really um, to to manage your life and to put things in, in an order that makes sense to you and, and will help to continue to make you better. Thanks so much for listening to the 200 Churches Podcast. Thanks for listening to this 200 Churches podcast. Remember, your leadership in your 200 church matters huge in the kingdom of God. 